0: More than 40% of people in their 40s and 50s have both an aging parent and a child under the age of 21. Caring for people in multiple generations demands time, love, attention, and more. Welcome to Caught Between Generations with your host, Dr. Merrill Griff. Our program will bring you the information you need as a family caregiver for everyone for whom you care, with guest experts and resources to help you keep sane and organized. Now, here is Dr. Meryl Griff.
1: Welcome to Caught Between Generations. And as always, I'm so happy that you decided to spend some time with us. I know as a caregiver, many of you from multiple generations, your time is really important. And, you know, what you do with it means a lot. So thank you so much for joining us today. So, we're going to talk today about dating. So, dating can be fun and it can be exciting. Or it can be the most anxiety-producing and terrifying experience of your life, and you really don't want to do it, or you don't want to return to it. However, Fran Green is with us, and she is the author of Dating Again with Courage and Confidence, a five-step plan to revitalize your love life after heartbreak, breakup, or divorce. Fran is a renowned relationship expert and a professional dating coach. I think we're going to have a lot of fun with Fran today. We're going to talk about everything from making a dating action plan to learning how to flirt to tips on how to continue having having a relationship that's exciting and that it's fun. So, Fran, welcome to What Between Generations.
2: How are you? I'm fine, thank gonna- you. It sounds like we need a week to cover this. What do you think? We can do it. we can we can do it. We can do a marathon. Oh, it's
1: we're going to do like a wild ride. We're going to get through yeah. it. And and then and then it's the old if you want more you need to buy the book. Oh, wow. it it was, it was a great book. So actually I really enjoyed reading it. Um, and found even though um married that it had some really good suggestions and ideas in there. So you don't even have to be in the dating mode again to really enjoy the book.
2: But- and you know, you know what else is interesting? And thanks so much for taking the time to read it and for giving me those nice accolades. Um, and for remembering the whole title of the book, you really get an A for getting that out. Um, I had to write down the name of the book when I was telling people because I would change the title every time I told people. But I do have a friend who is widowed and she bought the book Because I thought she just wanted to be supportive of me. And she told me that the book really changed her whole perspective. And she started doing things differently. And on her own terms, she started doing the 60-day dating action plan. And the best part is she's dating. And it was very heartwarming because the book in its title doesn't talk about widows, it's, but a broken heart can happen as a result of any way that you no longer have the person that you feel most connected to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, where do you want to start? Well, I'll tell
1: you where I want to start. I want to start with addiction. Um Because actually, in your book, you describe the pain that people feel during the very difficult period um, as being very intense because, friend, you, you to use your words, you were you say you were addicted to the relationship. So addiction is a pretty strong word. How does that really apply to a breakup in a, in a relationship? Well, what happens
2: is, you become so attached to the emotional relationship that once once it's severed, you just crave for more. And some of the research has shown that breakups, the feelings that you experience when you go through a breakup, are are similar to cocaine addiction and withdrawal. But even more importantly, it's what you do once this happens, and it's about trying to detox from that relationship. And it's tough stuff. And what I encourage my clients to do is disconnect from social media, purge the photos, get rid of the emails, change things around in your house, anything to start things over in a new way. And you really do have to detox. And you don't want to. You want to ask your friend how he's doing. You want to drive by where he works. You want to do everything you can to stay connected. And all that does is it puts the Band-Aid on the wound or the wound starts healing. And that feeling when you pull that Band-Aid off, it hurts. And it's really sad because you, a broken heart is only temporary. It's what you do today, this moment, that will help you move forward. So, friend, while we're
1: talking about the, you know, how you make a clean break, I mean, one of the items you had listed was a ninety-day no-contact rule. Can you yes. explain that to a little, to oh, us absolutely. a little more?
2: Absolutely. It goes back to your initial question about um, breaking the addiction. It's the first 90 days are the hardest. And what I don't want you to do is have any contact with your ex unless there's a business relationship, a parental relationship, a school relationship with that person. And it's not about looking at it. About 90 days, it seems like forever. It's one day at a time. And if anyone's ever been in a 12-step program, it's one step at a time. It's one day at a time. Because the less contact you have, the quicker you're going to heal. And it's all about healing. It sounds, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to follow that. Because it seems so hard to do. And that's why when you have children together... It's really, really tough. And what I encourage parents to do who are going through a breakup or a divorce is to treat each other as a business relationship, and that is the way that you would treat your colleagues. You get to the point, you do your business, and then it's over. And not to use the kids, the pets, the business, the real estate that you own together As a way to reconnect. It's hard. But people I've worked with, when they followed that plan, they say, oh, my God, it helped me not be in that horrific, agonizing pain.
1: So what are some things, Fran, that you think, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, you should just never do? Um, Because if you do them, you're just really going to regret quickly. Uh, what you've done.
2: With your ex you're talking about?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Yes, with your ex. Well, I guess if you um, call your ex and perhaps want to meet for a cup of coffee or lunch and one thing leads to another and then you become intimate with your ex And you are on cloud nine. And then guess what? You never hear from her or you never hear from him. And then you're back to square one. Some of the other things is beating yourself up and going over in your head over and over again. If only I did it differently. If only I went to his business functions. If only I you know, was more friendly to his family. And if you look back, most people have tried their hardest. And I have a a mantra in the book, uh, and it goes something like this. If it's broken, it's not fixable. And if something is fixable, then the relationship can get fixed. And one of the best things in the world is not to be with someone who doesn't want you. Because that is so devastating to your self-esteem. You know, we often think, look, nobody gets, nobody gets, ends a relationship quickly or easily. And there usually is a long period of time where you're pretty miserable. And then finally, finally, you're ready to do it. And you need a lot of support. Whether that support is a good friend, it's your work colleagues. It's a therapist. It's a support group. It's a gratitude journal. It's trying new things. It's, you know, taking a class. It's all of a sudden you're on your own. And another thing I encourage people not to do, and that's the rebound relationship where, oh my God, you're in such pain and you think that quickly jumping into another relationship is going to help you heal. Quite the contrary. It's probably going to take you much longer to heal. And I also encourage people, you know, to steer clear of someone who reminds them of their ex. And because it's sort of like you're hoping that this is going to be the redo. And the other problem with having a rebound relationship is it can cause heartbreak times two. You think the, reba- the, the rebound relationship is going to help you move through it. But actually, you're going to be, if you experience rejection again, it's a, the cumulative effect of another loss. And then it makes it double the trouble. And you know, there are so many things that you can do to help yourself. Uh, and, you know, it's especially about trying to detach and reflect and taking a, a look at what role you might have played in the relationship. It's not easy to take responsibility. None of us want to. It's so much easier to blame and to absolve ourselves of any part we had. You know when you're really healing, if you can say to yourself, wow, I might have been a part of this, not totally, and next time I'm going to make sure that I am not going to do certain things, whether it's things that you did or you didn't do, or things you... Wish you did more of, or less of, or less of. Fran, I'm going to ask
1: you. Sure I'm, going to ask you to hold, I'm going to ask you to hold that. It it's, um, it's just fascinating to hear you. But we have to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about how do you know uh, if you're ready to date. I'm going to ask Fran about her actual, another mantra she has. She has a dating mantra. Um, and Fran is a dating coach. And we're going to find out just really what is a dating coach and what do they do for you. We're going to talk a little bit about online dating. We have a lot to do. Stay with us.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: Sarah care. We provide daytime activities and health related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants transportation and financial assistance is available call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how sarah care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com that's s-a-r-a-h care.com
3: your life your health your network You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
0: You are listening to Caught Between Generations. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Merrill at CaughtBetweenGenerations.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merrill and I'm here with Fran Green, who is also um, has written the dating. No. I'm sorry, The Flirting Bible. I was looking at her first book, which is called Dating Again with Courage and Confidence, when I said that. But it is The Flirting Bible. Uh, Fran Green is the former director of flirting dot matchcom mm-hmm. And she has appeared on Wingman, Dateline, NBC, The Today Show, The Travel Channel, and many, many more. Welcome back to the show, Fran. I, I wonder, Fran, if you would give us just an overview of your five-step plan.
2: Oh, I'd love to. Step one is decluttering. And it's all about adjusting your life after a breakup. And as we talked before, it's about getting rid of the old and bringing in the new. And one of the things that my clients have found very helpful is to have some lifelines right after um, their breakup. And they're related to your heart, your head, your body, um, especially getting through the first three days post your breakup. And it's also making sure you have good connections because your connections are going to get you out of your pajamas and make sure that you're eating and drinking and, and doing all the things that you need to do. And then once you get past that initial horror and shock and dismay, it's about finding joy and believing that you're worth it and that dating is something that's fun and adventurous and what i want you to i want you to change your attitude from dating means you're going to find the love of your life which i think you can to it's just a date and let it become your new hobby now you have time to do it and it's not about every person you have a date with is going to be happily ever after and it's it's believing that every date that you have will bring a sense of adventure and fun and optimism, and everybody can add value to your life. And then step three is getting your flirt on. It's about working a room. It's about you not sitting in the back of the room. It's about making every opportunity work for you. No matter what you're doing, it's turning ordinary encounters into extraordinary experiences, and it's like having your green light turned on. Your eyes are always open, and you're doing all those kinds of things to attract people to you. And because we live in the world of technology, one of the best ways, and now we're talking about step four, it's about online dating. Whether you like it or not, it's the best way to meet someone. One out of three marriages starts with online dating. But there are some secrets about your headlines and your taglines and writing great profiles and the initial emails and phone calls and safety issues and what sites to to join. So it's a great overview of all the things about online dating. And step five, you put everything together. It's about embracing your future and embarking on a 60-day dating action plan where I am, quote-unquote, your Sergeant Benjamin or Captain from... There was a movie with Goldie Hawn. I can't remember Uh the name of it. I remember that. With Private Mm -hmm. Benjamin. Yes, it's an old movie. And I'm your drill sergeant. And I want you to get a calendar, a book, a piece of paper, your smartphone. And I give you activities to do every day for 60 days so that you will feel accountable to yourself. And you're not going to wait for it to happen. Because trust me, it's not going to. A week's going to go by, a month, a year. Your kids are little, your kids are old, your parents are older, someone's sick. You, you want to lose a few pounds. You think you're going to be moving. There is always an excuse and a reason to push dating down the to-do list. And it's not because you don't want to. It's because so it takes work. How do you
1: know that you're really ready to date?
2: That's a good question. It's your attitude for one. It's knowing that being single is not a fatal disease. You don't have to be a hundred percent sure, but you're pretty sure. And when you, and truly when you've let go of the hurt and the anger and you like the way you look, you're feeling confident. Equally as important is that you're not obsessed with your ex. And he or she is not on your mind 24-7. And you're also not going with your, you're not going with the calendar. You're going with your gut. And then you find yourself saying, hmm, it would be really nice to meet someone. And you find yourself paying attention to new people. You're even putting out your feelers. You're saying, wow, if you know somebody, I'd really be interested in dating, You start looking at some of the dating sites. And it's not an exact science. You're going to know when you're ready. And I also encourage you to push yourself. Because sometimes if you don't feel that you're ever going to be ready, you just have to do it. And
1: I want to ask your opinion about something. So I was in a recent conversation with um, someone I know who uh, is a widow, um, and she thought she was ready to go back and start dating. And She recently told me a story about how um, someone had introduced her to a man who she did not know and had not met before, um, and they agreed to meet for dinner. And so she shows up at dinner, um, and he says, "Hello, hello." And she, and he says to her, "Oh, I'm not you know, I, I just have to tell you that I guess I'm a little taken aback um, because I thought you were younger, and really, I only date younger women." So my opinion was, you know, I would have gotten up and left. I mean, actually, I would have said something probably really nasty. Like, gee, that's a shame. I'm going to really take it aback too because I expected someone more sophisticated and intelligent and then left. Um, but she and I had a, a little bit of a discourse about that and she's like, no, I would never be that rude. And um, I said, I don't understand why you would put yourself in that position of, uh, of sitting with someone like that unless you th- you hold out the hope that you'll convince him um, that you do all the things that younger women do and, and thus age is not an issue. I mean, I just give that to you as a sample. I mean, what, what's, your, what's your opinion about a situation like that?
2: Well, first of all, uh, I'm, I'm laughing through it because there are lots of things that we all think, but we have some kind of a filter. And he, this guy did her this huge favor. In the first 30 seconds... He let her know that he not only doesn't have a filter, but he doesn't have any social graces. So she got very lucky very quickly because if he hid this from her, um, it would have come up later, um, several dates later perhaps, where for whatever reason he chose to continue going out with her, but in the back of his mind, you know, she was absolutely not what he was looking for. So if I were her, I'd say, hmm, I couldn't have gotten any luckier. And it's quite pathetic, quite honestly, that uh, it's it's beyond rude. It's It's really all about him, nothing about her. And whether or not she chose to stay and have dinner or not is sort of irrelevant because she knew who she was dealing with. Did she stay and have dinner with him?
1: Yes, yeah, she did.
2: Okay. She did.
1: She did, and and I, I look. I mean, everyone is different. I would have gotten up and left, mm-hmm. um, but
2: and what you know, happened she, after that? Anything?
1: No, of course not. Um, I, and I really do think, you know, and I, I used to, I, you know, in all our years of the therapy, I'm sure you've seen it too, where people just think they're going to convince the other person. Um, of something that they've already kind of made up their mind about. It's, it, you're not going to change them. Um, well, you
2: know, One Dinner is, um, it, you know, something. I think she did what felt right at the moment. And, uh, you know, there are crazier stories. And it's obviously, um, it's such a reflection of this man and his own insecurities and his own misconceptions. And my guess is that she was probably age-appropriate for him because whoever set them up has a clue about how old each person is, no matter how they look. And uh, it's a good story for her. Okay. So, yeah. Fran, what, what is
1: a dating coach? What, what do you do?
2: Great uh, Great question. I work with people who are, who have never been married, who are separated, divorced, or widowed, and for the most part are reluctant to get back out in the dating world, or they're just not having the success that they want. In addition, someone who wants to start dating online and doesn't have a clue as to how to do their profile or answer the questions, or just needs need somebody in their corner. So I assist and help people write their profiles and give them plans based on what they want and what they need. I'm a licensed clinical social worker by profession, so they sort of get their bang for their buck, if that's the right word, because not only do we talk about the concrete things that they need to do, sometimes some of their fears or Their past losses creep up. And we don't stay focused in the past. We do stay focused in the present and the future. But at the same time, put those things in perspective and help move forward no matter what has happened to them. And especially to do things differently. You know, I'm reminded of a story. It's sort of a joke, but it's very true. This woman goes into a hardware store and once, I forget what it is she wanted to buy. It was, you know, some kind of a, a candy item. And the guy said, no, we don't sell that. And, you know, she went back and she went to another, a similar store, and you know, was looking for the same thing. And by the third time, she realized that if you don't do anything differently, nothing ever is going to change. And it's so true. You do nothing, you get nothing, and it's it's about mixing things up and keeping all of your options open and also letting the rest of the world know that you are single and looking and it's not it's not something that you keep a secret. So I help my clients change their thinking and their attitudes about dating and also to build your confidence so that you approach it from a place where you're feeling much better about yourself. Even if your self-esteem and your self-confidence is not so great, it's about acting as if you have self-confidence. Well, and And that will and
1: having that, fun with it. Yeah, that's going to lead us. That's going to segue very nicely into the third section of the show because when we come back, we're going to be talking about flirting, which actually reading the blog and reading the book was one of the most fun parts of all of this for me. So stay with us. Mm-hmm.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Where's your dad? What's he doing? You'd know if he was at Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities. You'd know he's enjoying a full day of cooking, computers, yoga, golfing, and he's home by dinner. You'd know Sarah Care LPN and RN Nursing Care is with him to ensure he gets the right medications at the right dosages. You'd know How's your dad? He's just fine. At Sarah Care Daytime Senior Care and Activities, call 330-451-6108 for one free day of care at Sarah Care. We're on the cutting edge of social media.
1: Can you keep up?
3: Are you
0: finding your frequency? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern
3: Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm here with Fran Green, who is the author of Dating Again with Courage and Confidence. And F- Fran has been giving us great information. Actually, I want to repeat to you, Fran and I had a, a short offline conversation um, where she appreciated that she was, she was she was thankful that I was taking the subject very seriously. And it just dawned on me as she said that to me that Fran certainly knows this as a dating coach and a a social worker, and I know this as a therapist, that people take these issues very seriously. So when you have friends or relatives or whoever who are in this situation, um, to just kind of blow it off and, and I know you don't mean to but to just kind of say oh just get out there you'll be fine or yeah, what's the big deal you know it is a big deal um, and people really um, have a lot of sadness and, and just it's very very difficult for them and it's more difficult than you think so I think these kinds of issues people tend to overlook um, as not being so important and not being so meaningful as some other issues that people have to deal with but they really are and they can be very disconcerting and they can really overwhelm people in their daily lives. So I really appreciate someone like Fran Green who took the time um, to write this kind of helpful, very helpful information for people who are really struggling with these types of things. And it really does impact their lives. So thank and you, Fran. I, you know, and, I appreciate that. I, I,
2: really, I, I believe from the bottom of my heart that you can find love again after a breakup. It is totally possible. But it doesn't happen by accident. And the only person that can help you take control of your own social life is yourself. And it means not turning down invitations because you have to go by yourself. Or when you go to a party, sticking to talking to the two people that you know. Or after you emailed six people on an online dating site and you get no response, you say, okay, that's it not working for me. It's it's an investment in your heart, and those are the toughest ones to make happen. But I believe with some resilience and some fortitude and a lot of work and a little bit of luck, people can find love if they want to.
1: Mm-hmm. Fran, I'm sure that means a lot to, to so many people. It really does. So, but I want to talk to you about flirting. So what is the goal of flirting?
2: The, the goal is to make me feel like a million bucks. <laughs> That's the goal <laughs> of flirting. <laughs> and I got you to laugh. And the goal of flirting is to make your flirting interests feel as if they are the most important person, not only in the room, not only in your state, but on the face of the planet. So I, I can't emphasize it enough. It's about giving your undivided attention to someone. It's fun. It's playful. It's not about power and control. It's not about coming on to someone sexually. You can flirt with someone 10 years older, 10 years younger, same sex, opposite sex. It's all about being fun and friendly and not taking yourself too seriously. And what's so great about flirting, I have some flirting rules that I want people to remember. And in the beginning, you might think of them as rules, but the more you practice them, it just becomes part of who you are. And it's, it makes every boring situation outrageous, whether it's standing online, line, being in jury duty, pumping your own gas uh, whatever it is, you, it's, what m- my mantra and the thing that I most believe in is flirting is my hobby, love is my passion, and my, my dream is for everyone to be an irresistible flirt. And everybody can. It's not something you're born with. It's something that It's a skill like anything else. I run how-to-flirt workshops, and there are people who come in basically sitting with their back hunched over, looking down, and by the end of the workshop, they're chatting, they're talking, they're shaking people's hands, they're standing up straight. And one of the ways that I do that, it's probably the, the part of my workshop that I love the best. At some point, what I do is I say, excuse me, but... I'm expecting somebody and I walk out of the room and they all look at each other like, is there something wrong with this woman? I come back in with my hair messed up, with my sleeve, you know, pushed up, completely hunched over and saying, hi, how are you? And have this embedded smile on my face Then I might rub my nose and sniffle. And then go want to wanna shake somebody's hand and everybody completely runs away from me. And then I stop the action. And what we talk about is, I call her pitiful Petunia. She lurks in all of us. Even the most sophisticated, the most experienced person who works a room, who is charming and wonderful. Deep down inside, we, those feelings, we, all of us have them. We all have that feeling of intimidation sometimes. And it's no matter how you're feeling on the inside, it's what you portray to the rest of the world. And there's a social psychologist called Amy Cuddy, and she does a wonderful TED Talk. And she suggests that you assume the Wonder Woman pose moments before you're going to be in a stressful situation, go into the bathroom, in your car, in your office, close the door, and that it really changes the hormones in your body. So I encourage people to give that a try and let me know how they feel about that. And she wants her message to be shared. And being a good flirt is paying attention to the other person. And one of the things that people don't realize is if you change your behavior from being the guest to being the host, and what that means is you're doing things to make other people feel good. The things you do if you were hosting a party, whether offering to giving someone a seat or giving them your jacket or your coat or getting them a drink or telling them where the bathrooms are, it's like all of a sudden you have a job to do. And you never have to worry about being the perfect flirt because showing your your vulnerability and your ability to laugh at yourself is very endearing. And one of the best ways... Meryl, to start a conversation, and it's my all-time favorite, is to compliment someone. And the best compliments are the ones that are unique and different, the ones that the person isn't expecting. And stay in the moment. Don't plan what you're going to say next or if it's going to lead to a date or a business connection. And don't wait for someone to talk to you. You make the first move. And you know, Frank. you? Yes, go ahead.
1: I, I want to go back to something for a minute because I think there is some degree of prejudice around the concept of flirting. I mean, the way that you describe flirting is unique. I mean, you talk about it in terms of, you know, making connections um, and making someone else feel good and making them feel like, you know, at that moment, they're the most important person. I think that, Many of us carry a prejudice with us. I mean, I'm of a generation where women that flirted were seen as, you know, bad women. You know, the good girls didn't flirt. Um, And the guys that flirted were seen as kind of, well, they're just after one thing. We all know what that is. Um, And so you, it's interesting to me that you take flirting and you put it into a completely different context.
2: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, It's in my blood, Meryl. And a day doesn't go by that I'm not flirting. And the things that have happened to me as a result of it are hilarious. I mean, my my most recent flirting story, I was out to dinner with some friends, and it was raining terribly when it was time to leave. And I said to the 18-year-old waiter, I said, By the way, do you take your guests out with umbrellas so they don't get wet? And the guy goes, No, but I'd be happy to do that for you. And I said, oh, my God, that's so sweet. I was, only, I was only teasing. And here, now this guy felt great about himself. And I felt like a million bucks because the guy was going to escort me out with an umbrella. And we all had a great laugh. People are so serious. And you know what it feels like when somebody acknowledges you, someone smiles, someone makes eye contact, someone listens. It's amazing. And one of the things I talk about in the book is think analog and not digital. And I don't have to tell you, myself included, your head is always down doing something with your phone, texting, emailing, Snapchatting, Instagramming, Twittering, whatever it is, Facebooking. And sometimes you have to Put the technology away and take that leap of, i say the leap of confidence that doesn't sound quite right and see what's going on around you.
1: Fran, do you have some, we only have a few minutes in this section, but do you have a few quick tips for people who are shy uh, and overcoming that shyness?
2: Oh, Absolutely. The world's not going to end, especially um, if you feel that the person you're flirting with is not giving you the response that you want. And I like to call it, one of the things I talk about is reframing rejection. And that's, you know, similar to the story about your friend who went out to dinner with the guy who had no filters. If someone's not interested and they're letting you know quickly they're doing you a huge favor... And what I want you to symbolically do is shake that person's hand and say, thank you so much. You've just done a huge, done me a huge favor and you only wasted 10 minutes of my time and not 10 days, 10 hours or 10 years. Of course, I don't really want you to do that. I just want you to pretend do that and then just smile and walk away. And it's all about practicing and you know, there are levels of scariness for people. So start by talking to people who, whose job is to be nice and friendly, whether it's the gas station attendant or the letter carrier or the clerk in the store, the waiter, the waitress, people whose job it is to communicate. with Start that sort of like low level. Start talking to them. Another thing I encourage people to do is just make eye contact and, you know, smile. And especially when you're on a line, that's when I want you to practice talking to a stranger because there's always something you have in common, whether it's the weight, whether it's the watermelon that you're buying or the piece of clothing that you're returning. And it doesn't matter who you talk to. I just want you to start talking to to strangers so that... You will be more comfortable in being spontaneous. Because if you're staying in the moment, it's all about the fun. And one of the things we didn't talk about, but I love this one. You know, people always ask me, and I talk about it in the book, Dating Again with Courage and Confidence, is how do you find out if someone's taken or married? And Fran, saying, Fran what? I'm going to ask you to hold that.
1: Um, And we'll start with that as soon as we come back. And I want to ask you also for some quick guidelines for safety. We'll be right back.
2: Absolutely.
3: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
0: At SarahCare, we provide daytime activities and health-related care for seniors who need assistance and support during the day. It is 101 activities at home by dinner. While we pride ourselves on the quality of our care, the Sarah Care Way sees beyond your loved one's needs to understand them as a unique individual. We care for individuals with chronic diseases, memory loss, stroke, Parkinson's disease, or those who may be feeling depressed and isolated. Our program is designed to encourage seniors to remain involved in activities of their choice, customized to meet their interests and abilities. Our outings include lunch at favorite restaurants and trips to the movies, concerts, or shopping at a cost that is less than five hours of in-home care. Your family member can attend one of our centers all day and be cared for by professional nurses and activity assistants. Transportation and financial assistance is available. Call 1-800-472-5544 today to learn how Sarah Care can help or visit us on the web at sarahcare.com. That's s-a-r-a-h care.com. current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time.
3: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: Welcome back to Caught Between Generations. I'm Dr. Merrill, and I'm here with Fran Green, who is the author of Dating Again with Courage and Confidence, the five-step plan to revitalize your love life after heartbreak, breakup, or divorce. And actually, um, as we talked about in the show, it could include becoming a, being a widow. Uh, Fran, right before this last break, you were about to talk to us about how do you know what someone's, in effect, marital status is, I think.
3: Yes,
2: that's always, a, that's always a, a tough one. And other than asking the person if they're involved or married, there are some ways to, uh, to say it in sort of a indirect way. For example, love that tie. Your wife has great taste in clothing. Or your boyfriend or girlfriend is so lucky to have someone like you. Um, things that get the other person, perhaps... To let you know what their marital status is, uh, or not, or a question like, "What does your spouse do?" So those are some of the kinds of questions you can ask. As long as they don't come out of the blue, and they feel real, they're great. They're great ways to find out.
1: What are your um, guidelines for safety? Because. Um, that is a section of the book. And, I, and, and thank you for adding that because I think it's a, uh, an issue that many of us forget at times. Um, and safety is an issue. So give us some quick tips and sure. guidelines for that. Uh,
2: never ever, um, for your first date, when you meet someone online, meet them at your home or your place of business. Always get to the date by yourself and always go home from a date by yourself. Make sure that your cell phone is charged. You might want to text a friend or a relative where you are or who you're with, and never <sighs> give out personal information about yourself, from your address to your social security number to perhaps exactly where you work or your children's uh, you know, dates of birth, Anything that is personal information, we always remember this person is a stranger. That is the most important thing. And um, I have a rule of one drink. It's fine to have a glass of wine or a drink or a beer, but one drink because otherwise your inhibitions are lowered and you might say or do things that you ordinarily would not do if you had one drink. And... It's really, really important to stay safe. No matter how comfortable you feel with someone, you have this conversation with someone on the phone, they seem as if they are just the best person for you. Don't let your guard down. You have the rest of your life to spend with this person if things go well.
1: That's good tips. So, We talked about, at the very beginning, at the introduction to the show, about how there are parts of the book that are for people who may be in a relationship that are are not Going through uh, a breakup, and you talk about it in terms of you know how you keep a relationship interesting and, and and you keep it going. But it was also suggestions for interesting dates that are a little you don't use this term but a little kind of out of the box. Um, and I found them I found them interesting. Can you describe some of those for us? Sure.
2: And one of my favorites is planning a mystery date. Where you do all the planning and you tell the person just what time to be ready and the kind of clothes to wear. And especially if you do something that's very special for that person. It's like so wow. Another thing is, uh, you know, a retro date, go back in time, whether it's going bowling or going to an amusement park, uh, miniature golfing, something that maybe you've done in the years past, those things can be a lot of fun. Why not have a, a, rather than just going to the same old restaurant, go on a progressive dining experience, whether it's appetizers at one restaurant, main dish at another, and dessert at another. Being a tourist in your own city or your own town, there is usually, there are points of interest or museums or sites You just take so for granted because you live there, and you can always get there. Planning dates that don't cost any money is very challenging, but can be extremely gratifying. Or doing something that your date really loves in a million years you'd never think about doing, whether it's from skydiving to snorkeling to camping to... Going to an art museum, going to some ethnic restaurant that in your lifetime, you never thought you'd tried that food, being open to their experiences. And you've got to keep things fresh and alive. It's not
1: just I think the, go ahead, I'm sorry for. I, I just think those are great suggestions. And one of the other ones you um, had was, um, in your retro was going to a drive-in movie. Um, you which like I thought,
2: one? I love, Do you thought. that one? like a lot of flights. It's really hard to find those. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. Fran, we're almost out of time. So um, please tell us about your contact information and about your blog and about all your great material that you have.
2: Absolutely. Uh, my website is frangreen.com. That's F-R-A-N-G-R-E-E-N-E ecom And I'd love to hear from you. And if you email me and tell me one thing that you, that you remember most about today, I promise to send you flirting rules to remember or my top flirting tips. And my email address is flirtingcoach at yahoo.com. Again, that's flirtingcoach at yahoo.com. That's F-L-I-R-T-I-N-G-C-O-A-C-H at yahoo.com. Or feel free to call me. My number is 631-265-LOVE at 631-265-5683. And as a special courtesy to your listeners, I I have a special rate for them for date coaching. They just need to email me or give me a call and mention your name, and they will be eligible for a great discount. And again, the name of my book is Dating Again with Courage and Competence, You can get it on all major bookstores and online. And for my friends in Ireland, if you're listening, you can find the book in Dublin in a fabulous bookstore. And the bookstore is Hodges and Fidges. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Check it out in Hodges and Fidges in Dublin. A friend, one of my favorite places.
1: Thank you so much. You've given us such great information. Thank you so much. And as always, very quickly, as always, I will ask you to do just one thing for yourself this week. You're very, very important to everyone around you. You really are. And so you've got to do just one thing for yourself. This is Dr. Merrill. Take good care of yourself. <laughs>
0: Thank you for tuning in to Cut Between Generations with Dr. Mel Griff. Our program is live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to see you here next week.